What's good, everybody? Welcome to Soul Searching Conversations of Life, Love, and Music. I'm your host, Adam El Cocinero. And uh, I just want to thank y'all. Thank y'all for lending me your ears for, you know, a little bit, maybe the next 45 minutes, an hour, somewhere around there. Um, thanks to everybody who, uh, who's been listening, who listened to my last episode entitled The Palladium, my ode to pop was a tribute show um just you know hope y'all enjoy those quick little you know little snippets of of his life and favorite uh, uh stories of mine um and uh, with that said i'm kind of gonna keep on that on that um what do you call how do you say like that uh that format i'm gonna keep that format right now um of of storytelling and throwing a little music and um you know, you're tuning into uh, Soul Searching. This is episode four, and it's entitled Birth of El Cocinero. Um, and if you don't know, that's me. <laughs> and I'm going to give you just a quick, um, just a quick rundown and just, let, uh, you know, talk to everybody and let everybody know how I became uh, a chef and uh, my background in that. Uh, I'm going to touch on that. It's going to be, it's going to take you through like, the middle end of high school um and a lot you know and some events leading up to you know uh, uh my my psyche changing and, and understanding what's going on around me um and uh i'm gonna sprinkle some music so you know if you haven't heard that intro um the temperese loves maze um if you were you know in the hood in the 90s um i don't know we, we always talk about it me and my sister and uh other friends that are like in my age bracket we talk about like the temperies being you know the shit and they still are but i don't know back then in my area um for whatever reason um the temperies uh blue magic uh brenton woods uh let me see who else the escorts um you know, Al Green, uh, those artists, for whatever reason, were always popped up on like these bootleg oldie CDs. And back in the day, you'd go to a car wash, you know, and people would be slanging CDs or tapes. And uh, and those, you know, those artists would always be featured on those tapes. And it kind of gives you an idea of the time. And I'm going to kind of try to paint a picture of what it was like back in, uh, um, you know, back in my, like, I don't know what I was in, like a junior, sophomore, junior kind of. And, um, and so, yeah, so sit back, chill and, um, let's, uh, let's take a quick trip. to be old 
my P.O.P.U. And I don't want to miss nothing nice that I can do for you. I know you love me. I know you. I know I'm doing my job But still I believe I can squeeze a little bit All up Out of this old heart Listen I know you love me Let you go 
Cause I like the way you love me, love me, thrill me, chill me, love me
I gave you everything I had, but you just pushed me away. I tried so hard to break loose, but you gained control every day. I watched you take my whole world from me, and there was nothing I could do. A secret word, a hidden touch, and I belong to you. There you have it. Um, I hit you with like three of my favorite, favorite, favorite um, oldies from back in the day. They put me back like that's like a like classic me walking home or taking the bus home from uh, from school, you know, on the back of the old school RTD buses and people riding on the buses and, you know, crazy crackheads or. You know, fools coming straight from court because, you know, they hit that straight shot down, uh, you know, from the courts down either Beverly or Third or Temple. Um, and uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I hit you with the mighty, mighty escorts. I'll be sweeter. Man, I love that song. Um, some Brenton Woods. I like the way you love me. And uh, my favorite uh, Blue Magic joint uh, spell. Uh, man. It's just like a like a cool cloudy day in the hood <laughs> and um but um so let me um let me start by saying uh you know sometimes i i i get um i wouldn't say embarrassed because i'm not embarrassed of of um you know things i've been through or the place i come from and um you know i uh in my early junior high and elementary school days, I grew up on uh, on Western. Uh, well, I moved around quite a bit when I was little, but you know, I ultimately I ended up on like Western Ave in like Koreatown, um, and then um, of course um, the rest of my like um, I'd say my crucial years from um, starting high school at the end of junior high, high school, beginning of high school, I moved to uh, the Westlake Rampart District. Uh, Rampart Boulevard, um, and uh, uh, my grandpa, rest in peace, managed an apartment right on Rampart Boulevard off of 3rd, and, uh, and that was it. That's where I stayed until, you know, I got married and and left left the nest. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I noticed growing up as, you know, you get older, you become an adult, uh, you meet new friends uh, through whether it's, you know, working or, or, or you just start meeting and then start meeting new people. And um, and then, uh, you know, we start a business and then you start, you know, meeting other business owners. But through this whole time and for as long as I can remember, um, you know, we, you know, like everything, normal conversation about school, high school, about, you know, about uh you know, your teen years and your junior high years and, 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 you know, coming of age and adolescence and puberty and all that other stuff. Um, I noticed that my, <laughs> my, uh, my stories, you know, are, are a little different than, um, I don't want to say normal cause normal is not like what is normal nowadays, but, um, 
let's say people that didn't grow up in the areas that I did or we did, you know, so like my my stories um, become uh, a little bit uh, crazy at times. Uh, but, you know, stuff I went through, um, you know, anybody that um, that has grown in um, in the inner city, in the hoods, know what I'm talking about, whether you're, you know, crazy and active and doing all kinds of crazy shit or you're just a normal kid trying to survive every day in a type of environment that you know that is not like any other you know and like i said um i'm gonna take you to around um 95 um which was like crucial years for me um because it was already you know i'm becoming a young you know i was 15 16 you know, almost time to graduate high school, almost time to start, you know, when normal kids are thinking about going to college and what college they want to go to or other kids, you know, kids on the, you know, in the suburbs, like, you know, want to play sports or, or they're what they want to do growing up. Um, a lot of us were just trying to survive every day. A lot of us, a lot of us were just, um, trying to maintain and, um, and just get through every day everyday life and um you know sometimes i think um man i don't even want to you know talk about certain stories or people will ask me things and then i kind of hold back because i think like uh, either they're gonna think i'm exaggerating or they're gonna think like i don't know i just sometimes i get self-conscious as weird as that may sound because i uh i do tend to talk a lot sometimes <laughs> and um but um you know, I get those crazy, like, eyes, like, what the heck, you know, that's not normal. And then I think about it, and it's like, a lot of stuff isn't normal. Um, but, um, uh, like I said, my story is a story of, you know, your normal, just kid growing up in, um, in the inner city, um, and um, just trying to survive and make sense of, of a lot of things happening around and uh, having to make choices and, and grow up fast and understand my place and understand that, you know, th certain things be weren't weren't a game no more. Certain things on in and around me weren't like it's not something you play with. Um, and like I said, 95 was a was a crucial uh, year for me because I was a young 16 year old, um, like all 16 year olds, you know, emotionally, you're just like, what the heck, you know, you're going through all kinds of just changes. And, um, and unfortunately, um, the story goes, it's all too familiar with whether you grew up in my area in East Los Boyle Heights, uh, South Central Compton Watts, um, you know, any inner city in the nineties, uh, mainly I say LA because I mean, that's where I grew up um, on the West side. Uh, it was, it was crazy <laughs> straight up. I mean, there's no other, other way around it. And, and like many of us, we've lost friends. We have friends that you could think back and like, man, their life stopped for them at 15 years old, 16 years old. And we were kids losing kids losing friends at young age. So, you know, death is one thing that like you have to, it's something that's hard to, something that's hard to like, uh, um, 
process as it is as an adult, you know, and then you could imagine being a 15 year old kid like, man, I just talked to my homie a few hours ago and he's no longer on this earth, you know, or um, I was just with this person and now he's not, you know, and like so many like just stories like that. We know people that were. You know, friends that were with each other, and then you know, next thing you know, one's gone. Um, with me, my two friends, uh, they uh, one passed away. Um, my homie George passed like, I think it was um, Thanksgiving week, like around Tuesday, Wednesday of of Thanksgiving in '95. I had just talked with them. You know, I was ditching like the last. I was leaving after lunch. And he wanted to stay. Next thing I know, I get the call. You know, he he's gone. You know, um, at his at his wake, I'm sitting down with his best friend, and just tripping like, man, I can't believe like the homie's gone. Boom. Maybe I want to say like a week or two later, come you know, walk into school, same situation. Everybody's crying. What the heck? Now, Roger's gone. The other homie's gone. So, you know, you kind of think like, man, that's the stuff we deal with and um, on an everyday basis, you know, that um, that hurt that turns into anger that you end up bottling all up inside and, um, you know, compartmentalize out of survival, I did it like personally, you know, speaking to, you know, on my behalf, like it was a survival mechanism. You don't feel you become numb and you just, you know, become indifferent sometimes because with feelings and emotions, it's because so much stuff happens and the trauma, sometimes it's just like, Hey, you know, out of survival, you kind of just tuck it away, put it away for later, especially as like a young man, a young Brown man, um, and, um, and meanwhile, through all this, like madness around me, the only two teachers that, that, that cared for me at that, at that time, um, they, I was put in a, in a program called true, the program of travel tourism, travel tourism. It was a pilot program. It was us in my school. I went to Belmont high school. Um, and Fremont High School in South Central. So we were two like high schools, inner city high schools. They were trying to start this this program, um, and it's uh, it was geared towards the tourism industry. Um, you know, they just talked about like the Los Angeles uh, Visitors Bureau. Um, you know, tourism, whether it, you know whether you were like working for like the city or you worked in hotels, just anything had to do with hospitality. And I was like, oh, whatever, you know, like at that time, it's just like, whatever, you know? Um, and, um, I was, there was already an, a class that was graduating, but we were going to be the first like class that started from ninth grade on, you know, and in school, I was like, your classic, like underachiever didn't really, you know, didn't make a big deal, but at the same time, I just, whatever, I did my work whenever I did it, you know, graduated with straight D's. I don't know how that happened, but I graduated with like a 1.9 
GPA, um, but I made it. Um, and, uh, so, you know, so I was put in this, in this, this academy with my homies, uh, <laughs> with my compadre, we were a part of this, uh, this academy. So you were fools as it was. And, um, I had one teacher that, man, he hated me. I don't know what the hell, like, I don't know. He just hated me. And it's crazy because like, I wasn't like a dis, even though you like looking at me in high school or being around me and my friends, like you would have probably thought other otherwise, or looking at me now, you probably think otherwise, but I wasn't really disruptive in school. I just fucking stayed in my lane, played my position, you know, chill with my homies, laugh, do whatever. But in class, I was like, whatever. I mean, you know, I'd give the teacher a hard time here and there, but you know, who doesn't? Um, and, um, but this dude hated me. Like this dude, I don't know what the hell his problem was, but I don't know if he was mad because of his home life. But he'd tell me shit like, you know, like on Mondays we'd come in and Mondays, oh, Mr. Martinez, uh, you're here. You didn't get arrested this weekend or you actually survived the weekend and you're here alive. Like, like stupid shit like that. And I'd be like, damn, I hate you. Mr. Kelly was his name. I'm going to put him out there. Mr. Kelly. Oh, uh, he was a dick. And, um, and I remember one time, I don't know, just one of the rare times I'd do my work. He would always threaten me and be like, because I think my mom told him, you know, if Adam ever gets out of line or he's in trouble or blah, 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 whatever the case may be, like, don't call me, call his dad <laughs> at work, you know, like, so that way he would just like threaten me all the time. And he thought like I was scared or something, you know, like, well, I'm gonna call your dad and this and that. I said, handle what you need to handle, bro. Like, you sound stupid right now. And, um, but so, yeah, he would just like try to, I don't know. He hated me. And I remember one time I, I, I turned in my uh, a quiz or I don't know, something. And uh, he just didn't even look. He just threw it, like, threw it in a, like, almost threw it on in a trash can. And was just, like, fail and just threw it like a dick. I was like, you're a dick, like, straight up. And um, and his other partner, the two other teachers are part of this program. Um, Mr. Maline, Ron Maline and... Uh, John Lackner, uh, those two cats, those two cats were the ones that, um, that knew I was going through stuff or knew that we were going through stuff as, you know, where we grew up and, 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 and stuff and the environment we were in. So, you know, they understood, they understood that I was just like on that line, just walking that line and. I, it, it could go bad either any day, any, you know, I was one decision away from just like just madness and um and so yeah so then i ended up like little by little starting to like this program and um and so um that that's just what it was it was just teaching us about the industry blah 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 and then somewhere you know along there then i just started like voicing the fact that i wanted to cook for a living like be a chef i don't know I think I was just so like, I think I was so wrapped up in, and just like whatever was going on that I felt like, okay, if there was any of uh, any uh, industry or profession that I could get in, I didn't need good grades was being a cook, you know, because like I said, but because back then, because back then it wasn't really like wasn't glamorized or or just like it wasn't a big like oh i want to be a chef type type stuff you know and you know and then it goes 
um into um my area and I and I, and I talk about my side of town a lot only because it, it, it to me it it significant can't even say it signifies something big and what it is is that I come from an a heavily um immigrant populated area um you know and so a lot of it a lot of a lot of my friends and their and their families their parents their uncles you know it was all labor whether it was in the sweatshops downtown um whether it was um you know housekeeping cooks so like yeah so like a cook or like i call myself a cocinero like that was it was a job to maintain it was a job to survive and that like kind of i don't know that mentality of like okay well i could always cook and, and and always have a job but um real quick like out of out of uh just out of the a random thought or a random story um if i you know if i'll fast forward real quick uh so i'm like out of out of culinary school and working already in the industry i used to work at um the Jonathan Club, which is a private beach club in Santa Monica. And uh, literally, like, going on the bus over there and coming back, like, you would see all the all the raza, all the Latino, Latina, you know, jumping on the bus, coming to my side of town. You know, we would all come, you know, get on the bus, and then little by little on the way back through Larchmont, through Beverly Hills, through Century City, through, through all those cities coming, all those wealthy areas, everybody was coming whether they're going back home to South Central, whether they're going back home to my side of town, whether they're going back to the east side of town, like, like that's just, you know, that was my my first like look at like of what, you know, what was going on. What was what was how things were. And um and so back to my back to my point, like I felt like, okay, well if there's anything I'll, you know, like I said, I always have a job. So, um, so then, um, they just started to like, try to like steer me in that right direction. And, uh, a lot of things, a lot of cool things happen. I mean, the, like I said, the, um, the, um, the program was really cool. And, and it, it goes back to like, I feel that like these programs are very, 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 very crucial and important to our kids, um, especially in the inner cities and, and, and low income areas, because it gives them, uh, it gives them hope. I feel, I mean, my opinion, I feel it gives them like, like that, um, that hopelessness is, is in a sense taken away because it shows them that they could do, you know, they can make something of themselves because I wasn't, it wasn't college material, you know, like, but back then, I mean, that's what they pushed. They pushed college. You need to get an education. And then, but what, what if I couldn't, what if I couldn't afford it? Or what if I can't go or whatever the case may be? Like, what if it wasn't, what if it isn't even my thing to go to, to go to a regular college? Um, this showed that I could get a skill or, or, uh, um, a trade and make a good living for myself. So, you know, these programs are very, very, very important. Uh, shout outs to the 
to the Lincoln Heights uh, Art Center where JJ works and Janai work. I mean, JJ goes, to, you know, takes classes and Janai um, works. But uh, you know, these 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 programs are important. You know, and um, some might think not. Some might think it's a waste of money. Some might, but nah. You need to come to to our part of town, our side of town, and 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 look at um at the good it does you know and how to keep these kids off the streets you know give these kids creative outlets to um to express themselves and um and become like just give them that motivation to become whatever they want you know to be to to go ahead and and be like oh you know what school is what i want to do i want to get into college and and utilize those resources and those help and that help to get into college or um you know what? I want to go to trade school and I want to take a trade. And, uh, and, um, I can't say anything bad about these, these, uh, these, uh, programs. All I can say is they're much needed. And, um, you know, if you're in an area where they're trying to cut, you know, educate yourself on who's who, who pulls these strings, because those are the people that need to be, need to be checked and need to be, um, notified that, you know, that these um these programs are needed so um so yeah so here i am um it's i don't know by this time you know just just a lot of what's going on just a lot all i could say was a lot was going on um oh uh, you know we had fun times you know sad you know all all of that all, all everything wrapped up in a one it was just you know my experiences have been been crazy a lot of close calls whether it's you know i was always one one decision away from getting busted for doing something stupid or shot for being stupid or you know it was just what it was i mean it was just that's how um that's that's just <laughs> that's just what it was back then i mean i can't i can't say anything anything else but that was um it was crazy and um through all of that i'm just trying to maintain like just maintain myself it wasn't even like i was out there trying like had like a yearning or or wanted to be out there um doing the most you know like some people i knew um you just get caught up you get caught up and um people don't don't realize that um you know you have really close friends and things happen to and then you know it's it's you've almost feel obligated like you have to you know react a certain way or be a certain way and um and um and yeah and it's it's a, it's a eye opener especially when you start having kids and you become an adult and you look back and you're like damn you know I've been through some shit but um it only makes you uh, it only makes you stronger and um and so with that um. I'm going to play uh, a few more tracks and then we're going to get into um, into uh, my uh, going into college and, and the rest, the rest of my uh, the rest of my career. Raised by gunshots, no life in 
of the chosen few leaving you confused Days, then what got you all amazed How the fuck we could be so blazed It takes one black to fill your life with terror Think all the bullet holes embedded in your area Bullet bullets at the end who get shot My motherfuckers making hip hop We came here to get you high Represent underdogs worldwide On the hustle, leading crooked lives We don't die, we multiply But we divide, so how are we gonna survive? You got your own, I got mine Don't cross paths cause an intersex Is just another form of class to crash Through the violent environments Crimes terrorize rhyme events I'm bringing the streets to the stage Rocking them both and your front page LA street families are from my land Weak legacy there must be some kind of way out of this pain Set the joker, chain smoking weed trains Tape, hey, stop random captain Shoot a hooda captain We came to drop these styles, it's no shock We rock till the cops come and knock non-stop Do you rock or do you get locked in fights with clocks? Your cycle don't play enough, your box We come from psycho cities and blocks We're raised by gunshots, no life in hip Dancing in the flesh, except when somebody changed the music and the tune is dead. We don't dance around bonfires, we can stone trip the wires in memory of those expired. My people's exodus results in prejudice. You ask us why in poverty we become terrorists. Well, let me tell you this we don't choose to tote gas. A selling on the corner is to avoid tax. If you gun taco hip hop, there's too much division, so find a new mission or it'll stop. We do our thing, talk slang, live on fast lane. Some do it for money, others for the fame. You're out playing games, dangerous with high aim. How long will you maintain before you get slain? Clearing the mind, but my soul is mad. Tendency to act real bad. Come across me, don't C O M E out at N I G H T. Yeah, we, the fucking crazy. You from the streets freely. You see me? Bellone, Cyclone, delivering a metal rainstorm. We came to drop these styles, it's no shock. We rock till the cops come and knock nonstop. Do you rock or do you get locked in fights with clocks? Your cycle runs playing out your box. We come from psycho cities and blocks. We're raised by gunshots, no life in hip hop. Do you rock or do you get locked in fights with clocks? Your cycle runs playing out your With that mad ass dog pound gang, it's a DPG thing. Corrupt from the SC. You wanna test me? Let's see if you'll survive 45 times. Like a hollow point headed for your dome. Take a couple steps, turn around in its own. Couldn't withstand the murderous mental. I subdue and then take two to your temple. When I cause Holocaust from what's written, niggas collapsing when the straps is spitting. Look, this is I was done, nigga. One, two, three. I grab my strap, your best run, nigga. I give the fuck, corrupts the kingpin of the click. Then it was G with the biggest dick. Shit, a motherfucker better recognize. With the twist of my wrist, like OJ, you won't die. 
I snack on motherfuckers like a bone Wanna be the shit upon a microphone ever since I was born Not to ever love a bitch, learn game after game That's why we are the best Motherfuckers be gangin' styles minute after minute But soon as you did it, I smell the nigga shit Now what would you do with you If you could fuck with me or my crew But you can't, so don't even think about Stepping in the motherfucking hat What would you do with you If you could fuck with me or my crew But you can't, so don't even think about Bitch, gonna fly all day while I steady make my pay every single day in the LBC. Cruising through the east side, being a little style in the back of a green six boat, busting freestyle. Bitch, no escape, give me the papers in the tape case. How much money could a nigga make in one place? The review ain't shit new. You stupid motherfuckers can't fuck with my crew. I see all these niggas trying to get with my kinfolk. Get so many buses on the west coast. And not to say the least, I see a few trick ass niggas laying low on the east coast. And the question is asked, do you wanna rap, scrap my blast, cause that nigga dad? I'll be the first one to hit him. Oh yeah, fuck BG knockout and every nigga down with him. Cause I'm a natural born killer, and I'm still a hat. Motherfucker, cause it's like that. Now what would you like what you tell? You can fuck with me or my crew. It's so many motherfuckers that I can include. Who's quick to blast motherfuckers in a few? It doesn't make a difference Cause it's about who's the quickest on the draw to end all existence For instance, let's take these ruthless fools These ruthless fools in a pound in one room Assume it's only for conversation So let's conversate Slip a nigga to 38 and dip Empty out the clip Mind on set trip Cause niggas talk shit Now if a nigga had a prayer before a nigga died Would the nigga be dead or would he stay alive? And if I was in your shoes, would I survive? Probably not You probably let your clock go pop Now drop to your knees And picture that nigga dad Flowing in the breeze. Now what would you do with you if you could fuck with me on my crew? <laughs> But you can't, so don't even think about stepping in the motherfucking hell. What would you do with you if you could fuck with me on my crew? But you can't, so don't even think about stepping in my motherfucking hell. Shall not fear no man but God. I walk through the valley of death. I'm just so fatigued. I should die before I wake. Please, God, walk with me. Grab a nigga and take me to heaven. Back in elementary, thrived on misery. Left me alone, I grew up amongst a dime breed. Inside my mind, couldn't find a place to rest. Until I got that dug like tatted on my chest. Tell me, can you feel me? I'm not living in the past, you wanna last. Be the first to blast, remember Cato No longer with the seat the seats Call on the sirens, seen them murdered in the streets Now rest in peace, is there heaven for a G? Remember me, so many homies in the cemetery Shed so many tears ah. I suffered through the years, and shed so many tears Lord, I lost so many pigs and shed so many tears Now that I'm struggling in this business by any means Label me greedy, getting green, but seldom seen And fuck the world cause I'm cursed I'm having visions of leaving here in the hearse God, can you feel me? Take me away from all the pressure and all the pain Show me some happiness again, I'm going blind I spend my time in the cell, ain't living well I know my destiny is hell, but did I fail? My life is in denial, and when I die Baptized in eternal fire, shed so many tears Lord, I suffered through the years and shed so many tears. Lord, I lost so many tears and 
towards Cycle Room and um and right after that was uh What Would You Do my favorite uh, Dog Pound track um that's off the uh, Murder Was A Case album I think it came out in like 95 somewhere around there but uh that's that always gets me pumped especially to cook and um of course uh So Many Tears um by Pac um and you know that uh that song um speaks volumes to all of us you know because at um at one point in time and even now i mean even speaks not heavy now like you know we felt like uh you know we were like amongst a dying breed you know um friends were dying and uh you know we lived through that whole rampart scandal um i, I lived down the street from um from the rampart um police station so not only did we have to deal with, you know, the circumstances around us and who was around us in the different neighborhoods and the different beefs and the different wars going on. Now, you know, 
we're at war with the cops. And that's another like, um, you know, topic that Psycho Realm always hits was that that time in the freaking crooked Rampart Cops and the crooked LAPD crash, all of that. You know, it was um, shit. If you weren't on your P's and Q's, man, you get your head knocked off quick. And um, and just man, that was just what it was. So um, sort of pick up like where um, where I left off. Um, I um, I began to really like dig this this um this program, and um, but I almost left, and and the reason why I almost left was we had this um, she wasn't part of the school, she was like I don't know like a. a I don't know what the heck she was. Uh, all I know is that she was part of the program. This lady, older um, white woman, um, and uh, she would come. And um, honestly, like I couldn't stand her, so I don't even remember why she was like what she did with the program. But I just knew that she was like just the most like racist like lady. Like, just she would say some horrible stuff that now like. Oh man, now she'd probably get canceled or now like she'd get fired. But back then, you know, just you're a kid, you just, you know, talk shit back or, or, you know, take it, whatever the case may be. But, um, I remember this one, uh, incident in particular that I was just like over it already. I couldn't stand this broad and, um, excuse my language, but, uh, I couldn't stand this lady. Like, she would say some dumb shit and um we were getting to um we were going to I think it was like we were going on a field trip and um the field trip was like I don't remember but I remember she was making like the the guys like we had to wear a tie and um and stuff and uh I remember like her telling one of the the girls in my class, one of my classmates, like, you know, you're going to need to dress better than that. And, you know, do you, she said like something like, do you even have any nice clothes or can you afford somebody like some bullshit? And I said, and I remember like telling her like, 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 um, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, how rude, like, that's disrespectful. And then she's like, oh, you don't talk to me like that, young man. And I'm like, but you're, like, being disrespectful. Like, you're over here. You don't know what we could afford and what we can't afford. Like, I was mad. I think I got kicked out of class that day. And um, and uh, I was done with it. Like, I was like, I can't I can't be around this lady no more. Um, And I remember telling my mom, like, I'm done with this program. Um, And, um. And telling my two teachers, Mr. Malin, Mr. Lackner, and um, they didn't want, you know, it was, it was, it was coming to a head. Like it was coming to like things were coming to a head, you know. Um, I believe my friend, my first friend that passed, like he had them for classes, so they knew, you know, my homie George. Um, they recognized what's going on, and uh, and they were just like, just don't you know don't don't quit you know don't 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 leave like they they knew it they knew i was hanging by a thread you know not not only like you know things would get a little chaotic at home or or whatever the case may be but it was just like they knew that i was just on that brink and um 
they weren't gonna like let me go and i was just like nah fuck that i'm gone like i don't even want to be around here just give me new classes or whatever the case may be like i'm over it and um i had gotten kicked off the baseball team like all this stuff i was just done with it like i was i think i was kind of um spinning out of control and uh you know normal to everybody else you know i wasn't like out there like wilding out too too much i guess or i I think like my compared to some of my homies like i wasn't doing it big like them but i was just you know i was out there being a fool and um and they called like a meeting they were with me my mom um mr lackner mr maline and um and this lady i can't even remember her name and um Oh man, and and again, they pled their case with me. That my two teachers are like, Adam, you know, just give us a chance. You know, I'm I'm, I'm positive. I'm I'm sure you're gonna enjoy this. Uh, you know, you, you know, it's good gonna be good for you. You know, I think it's gonna benefit you. You know, don't don't quit now. Um, and uh, just give us like like three months just stay for another three months and i guarantee you we're you know you're gonna like you're gonna benefit from this program you know things are gonna change and then this lady who i'm just like i can't stand this woman like i don't even want to be in the same room with her like telling my teachers and my mom like and then like the i <laughs> the freaking like the icing on the cake she was just she then now told us well well just to let you guys know you know i'm a family therapist blah 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 and um she was like why are you so angry and then she asked my mom like how are things at home um you know are you um are you okay are you going through and i was just like you know what i don't don't even ask me about my personal life like don't even like that ain't even up for discussion like and then she was just like oh my god so um so yeah i was just like telling my um my teachers like i'm not trying to deal with this lady like nah and um i think she was removed from my from the program and sent somewhere else because I, I don't think i seen her again and uh and luckily i stayed luckily i stayed because um i ended up getting um i guess the you know the end the big end um field trip was like we got to go stay a day a night at the century puzzle hotel they had all these activities for us it was fremont high school and us you know we're gonna go out there have fun um shadow some of these um different departments and work a day and then you know and then at the end like i think it was like what like five of us or four of us between the two schools we're gonna get paid internships some are going to be at um the century plaza and i forgot the other two were somewhere else and um i ended up getting picked like i ended up, and they didn't even have like a position in the kitchen they just found out like my story you know that was your you know typical ball head back then i mean i'm ball head now but like back then you know um and um they found my story. They found out I, I like to cook and I wanted to cook and they wanted to like just keep me motivated. And um, they ended up making a a position just for me because I think it was just like 
whoever got picked worked the front desk, worked housekeeping, worked um, the front door, those uh, beef eater or whatever the hell they are, those those like dudes that wear those puffy pants and that big ass top hat, like those were the positions, like just your typical normal positions, but um, they thought it was so like... I guess I thought it was cool that I wanted to cook that they, they threw me in the executive kitchen. So, you know, here I am, um, what, 16 years old? Is it 96? Yeah. No, 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 96. I had just turned 17. So I was 17 years old, summertime. Um, granite, May, June, a couple of things happened that were just like, I was just like, fuck, I gotta, <laughs> I have to, uh, I have to keep it together, man. Like I got, you know, I had to keep it. I too, like, did I want to? When I say close calls, I mean like, like close calls. One of them would have probably resulted in a in a case. And when I tell you, like, a close call meaning, you know, you you go left instead of right, like that, like that split, like close call could have you know landed me some uh some time and um and then um the other the other incident you know without going to to detail because a lot of people were involved you know could have cost me my life and that's not uh an exaggeration that's not a you know anything to glorify um the street life it's nothing to like make me seem like I was all, you know, crazy, blah, blah, blah. Cause I wasn't, um, I just wanted to survive and, um, you know, I almost lost my life over it several times, but that time was the closest. Like it was a wrap. There was no, <laughs> nowhere, nowhere to go, nowhere to run. I was, they had me, but anyways, um, I, um, so yeah, so it could have just I could have not even like been around. Um and uh and so luckily I was, thank God. I was and I was able to get this um this internship. Um and um and here I am like here I am, seventeen years old, sixteen, seventeen years old, uh in a, like my first professional kitchen, like straight up like neckerchief tall hat um you know they uh, had to make room for me so i kind of felt awkward like oh uh, you know it was like in the, in the middle of a of a of a um union war so like they were going at it with the union for whatever or the union was going at it with the hotel uh they had to make room for me um i got to see how it was um you know all the jaded grouchy chefs telling me that I should be doing something else, but they didn't really realize my, my path. Um, and, um, it was an eye opener. It was awesome. Um, but, uh, I worked there half the time, half the summer. And then finally it got a little bit too heavy, like in terms of like people weren't getting their hours and because just to make room for me. So I kind of felt like, Nah, it's kind of fucked up. Like, so I just, uh, I just not, I didn't resign, but I just told the executive chef and then my program director is like, 
maybe you should move me back to um <coughs> excuse me put me back in um housekeeping or something uh because uh like i feel bad that people are losing hours just to accommodate me and you know i'm just a fucking dumb kid or whatever and these people need to put food on the table for at home and um so they were like they didn't want to they they were like oh no don't worry about it but then you know they ended up doing it and um and so like the last few i don't know couple weeks or whatever i was i was working housekeeping which was which was chill um you know and um but when i was with the 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 kitchen in the kitchen i got to see like man like it opened my eyes i was like all right this is this is what i want to do um and um and i want to tell you guys right now that like my journey also through through cooking through this culinary like industry um again also it's kind of it's not like like food network appropriate you know what i'm saying like it's not like oh my god like i see people and they're just so passionate and they love cooking and it's just what they do every minute of every day and and um and stuff like that right and uh, and then when they get into the industry it's not what they expected and um they're they're like surprised you know and hurt because it's not what their perception of what the industry is um and um and also too like i mean we could go deep <laughs> we could go like really really deep and and back to what i said about about my area and about the different um on how immigrant immigrants were treated back then. I mean, they're treated bad now, but back then it was even more like, you know, working and again, construction and cooking restaurants were always a too heavily, um, immigrant filled, um, professions. And even though I was born here, my parents were born here, all that, I was still treated like, any other brown kid i was still treated like the help so even though like don't get me wrong i love cooking i love where it's gotten me i love where it's leading me i love that i could run a business with my wife i love the fact that i feed the kids um for you know my regular nine to five and you know it's kind of the first time i've ever really said it you know i work i'm a food services manager for um for LA unified and um uh i really don't talk about it because there's a lot of like i can't really talk about it <laughs> we we're told like it's just crazy but anyway i love my job i love what i do i work in the same neighborhood and area that i grew up in um i know the need um sorry for being for sidetracking but but like my my journey is different everybody we all have our own journeys you know we all have our own paths we all have our own like uh um way we got to where we're at and if you were lucky enough to it be all you know sunshine and rainbows and hey i'm not hating on that you know that's awesome but for me nah it was tough it was a tough road of of having to 
deal with whatever baggage I had emotionally as a young kid and as a teenager. And now having to be out there in in this industry um, where you're treated like um, like a servant. Um, so. Um, so, yeah, so back to my uh, <laughs> sorry, it was like a little sidetrack, but back to my 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 internship uh, and I'll get more into what I was talking about. But back to my internship. So then I'm at the Century Plaza. I got to see like this famous um chocolatier from from um i think he was from like switzerland he built like um he built uh the beauty and the beast he built like the castle out of chocolate uh it was crazy and um and i got to like work and this is how old i am i got to work uh, a presidential like benefit dinner for bob dole when he was running so that was like back in the bush days i think and i got to like be a part of that whole like secret service there and months ahead and 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 checking everybody's background and in in um the uh the banquet team every time they walked in and out of the banquet hall they had to get uh searched and 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 wanted with that you know security thing and it was it was nuts it was crazy but it was my first like eye opener like okay cool you know this is what it's going to be like this is what i want to do um and uh, one of the GMs there, she, uh, you know, thought it was cool that, you know, she's the one who gave me my job. And, um, you know, it was the last day and, and before I went back to school, my senior year. And um, I was like, I don't want to go back to school. Like, I want to quit. I want to <laughs> get hired. I want to work. And um, it's probably the only job I got fired because she was just like, no, I'm going to fire you. You can't come back. <laughs> And uh, you need to finish school. You need to go to school. You need to go to um, culinary school when you're done, whether it's a, a trade school or, or, you know, the CIA, like you have to go um, and you're going to finish your schooling, you know? And I was like, nah, I'm like making all right money. <laughs> you know, I'm freaking, I'm not trying to go back to high school, but ultimately I had to. Um, and then, um, just went through my senior year, um, you know, and still, you know, affected by the things around me. Um, still trying to keep it together at the same time. Um, and, um, you know, shout outs to another teacher of mine, Mr. Montgomery, who like put me in, uh, in like the senior cabinet. So I was like that fool in senior cabinet. Uh, all the, everybody there was like going to, UCLA and USC and going to college and I was just like a fool I think on the first day of school I was gonna get down with some like old head that was in the in the adult school because back then you could go to school until you're like in the 20 in your 20s so this fool was like 20 me and this fool were gonna get down like on the first day because I forgot I don't know if he bumped into me or he looked at me crazy and we were about to get him up and it was, <laughs> I was in my homies would come and freaking call for me and get me out of class. And, and, and like, I, I stuck out like a sore thumb in that class. And, um, but, it was, but, you know, shout outs to Mr. Montgomery who, you know, again, saw that I was trying to land this plane with, you know, with my wings on fire and no landing gear and, 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 you know, trying to maintain, um, uh, and, um, 
and yeah, I you know I uh, I ended up um, I ended up going um, barely graduating, and uh, it's just you know my senior year was you know it was it was what it was uh, you know whatever went down went down um I'll I'll share like a funny story uh my uh, my compadre is probably gonna kill me if he hears it if he's listening so uh, spanks get ready um. I remember this, and, and again, this goes back to like stories that I say and I laugh, and people are just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know. So um, he had a freaking, um, he had a Datsun, like I don't know, one of those like Datsuns that people race out, like old school Datsun. It was pumpkin orange, it was like a fucking pumpkin. It had a shotgun blast on the on the uh, on the um, on the freaking roof, like. Passenger side roof, there was like a big ass dent. It was a shotgun blast. Someone blasted at the at the car. Uh, and we were coming from like playing baseball. I don't know. We we're doing something. And we we're flying down his uh, his street. And he lived right down the street from Belmont. He was flying down the street, right? And um and uh excuse me if 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 you don't find this funny, but it's kind of like just, you know, the type of humor that we go through in the hood. Um, so we're flying, we're flying, woo, he's flying down the street and, um, and, uh, uh, and probably, he probably doesn't even remember, but, um, I remember we're coming up to like the alley where his backyard is, right? So we're going to make a right onto his street to be in the front of his house. But before that, there's an alley. So we're flying down the street and, uh, and there's like, uh, uh, I remember there was like, um, there was like a truck or a van or something that was like a blind side to the alley. So you couldn't really see like the opening of the alley. So we're flying, I guess some dude in a freaking uh, moped was flying down the alley. And as soon as we hit like where the, I guess the, you know, the driveway or, you know, yeah, the driveway of the alley was boom. All I remember seeing was the front of this dude's little moped. And I was like, Oh shit. And then, he couldn't even he couldn't even hit the brakes and boom he hit that front of his he hit the dude's the front of that dude's moped flung him around like a 360 and then i remember like like lad god forgive me laughing because this shit was crazy because i seen the dudes like with his helmet and his eyes were huge like he was just like holy shit and i like his helmet like went into my window and I was like, like linked to the side. Cause I didn't want to like get hit. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. So we ended up like flying around the corner. I don't even know where he hid the car because that's a, like who's going to miss a fucking jack o lantern looking car. Like it was orange. So we ran inside the house, shut off all the blinds cold like everything everything was closed we're like oh shit like damn we just like i hope that dudes are cool like and um he's like did you see i go, I don't know i didn't just, dude like we just took off and um and so boom the phone rings and they were like oh shit and then uh his brother little brother was there and uh boy boy answered the phone and um and no we're like damn don't answer the phone it's about he didn't answer. He was like, "Don't answer the phone." And we peek out. No, no, no. And then the the uh, answering machine goes off, and then they say his name, and they're like, "We know you and your friend are inside the house. Don't run. We have you know, 
we got we have the house like surrounded we need you to, we need to come and talk to you we're like holy shit and we look outside and sure enough there's a freaking uh, like the detective or the cops are like across the street talking on their phone and um nothing happened i don't think i don't think he got like a, i think he got a ticket or something but it wasn't crazy if you think about it i mean the story sounds crazy but it was like a hit and run but I gotta ask him. I don't think he got a ticket. It was, but it was crazy though. It was fun, like shit like that, just dumb shit we did. And um, and so yeah, that was like that. All those crazy stories. Um, so back on track, back to um, back to going to college or you know my senior year. Yeah, so here I am, like barely making it. Um, and um. You know, I tell my my teacher, uh, Mr. Montgomery, like, hey, you know, I want to go to trade tech. So he was like, okay, let's go to the counselor and um, let's see if he has, or the college counselor, let's see if he, you know, has any info for you. And I was already reluctant, like, because I know the dude and, again, I didn't like the dude because, again, it was like an old racist white dude and, um, I remember going into his office and like my teacher like telling me, "Oh, Adam, okay, go, go, go." And um, his name was Mr. Thorpe. <laughs> Mr. Thorpe, he was like a descendant of Jim Thorpe, the famous quarterback. And um, he tells um, he tells me, "Go ahead, Mr. Thorpe. I have a student that wants you know some some uh, info." Okay, well, so where are you plan on going? And I said, I want to go to Trade Tech, L.A. Trade. And he's like, L.A. Trade? I go, yeah, L.A. Trade Tech. I would like to go to L.A. Trade Tech. Um, I want to look into their culinary you know, program. And then he just looked at me, and he's like, okay. And he, like, shook his head, and then he's like, the book's over there. And it was like an old, dusty, like, catalog. They didn't help me. And I was like, this one. So then he's like, but um, I know your parents probably work in, um, like, do your parents work in like a grocery store or something? And I was just like, and I remember looking at my teacher, like, is this fool for real? Like, is he f- again with the like stereotypes? And then I'm like, bro, like, I go, what? And um, my teacher seen where I was going. So he kind of nicely pulled me away and was just like, uh, thanks. And we walked out and I was like, this motherfucker, I was cussing in the, in the hallway. Like, I couldn't believe, like, you don't do that, you know, like you don't, you don't, you don't do that to kids, especially high school kids, especially kids that you know, or, I mean, he didn't know, but, you know, you can't assume, you know, um, one wrong, um, one wrong, like you talk to somebody wrong or you, you know, make these comments or you make these assumptions and you assume that, you know, and there you go. You could have had someone like, hurting or you could have had a student that was like really like on the edge of of just throwing his whole life away you know and you don't know that you know um whether it was a you know whether it was me or somebody else like you didn't you don't know what we've been going through to get to that point of actually being able to ask like what's up with college you know i want to go to college like you don't know, you know, that could have been like, to me, that could have been like, you know, fuck that college ain't for me. Fuck these people. You know, these people don't, don't know what I've been through, you know, and just kind of reverted back to, 
to like suppressing everything and just being like, all right, fuck it. Well, I'm going to go do whatever I'm going to do now, you know? And, um, but luckily I was like, hell no, I'm going to college, you know, I'm going to trade tech. I'm going to find out what it takes and I want to go do my thing, you know, but you know, you got to always like think, well, not everybody's like that. Not everybody's going to have that drive to go and whether you tell them no and shut the door on them, they, you know, like not everybody's going to have that drive to push through. And, um, and so, um, so I did, I was like, well, fuck that dude. And, um, I graduated with that whopping 1.9 GPA. Uh, I uh, enrolled, you know, I enrolled myself at trade tech. I was on, um, on a small little, um, small little waiting list. Uh, and, um, I finally got in, so I think this was probably like maybe I want to say ninety-eight, ninety-nine-ish around there. Finally got into to the to the um, program, and um, it was like everything I wanted. You know, it wasn't um, fancy program. You know, to this day, here I am. You know, graduated from from trade tech. You know, 20 some years later, I've been in the industry that long, 20 some years. And people still like give me that like little like, you know, sarcastic laugh when they find out that I went to L.A. Trade Tech. You know, so for so for those of you who don't know where L.A. Trade Tech is, it's on the corner of Washington and Grand downtown. Um, I guess it's kind of like starting the low bottoms like. East side of South Central, in a sense, more more central, but um, it's you know a hell of a trade school. Um, if you can get past the location, um, get past the 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 stigma of where it's at. Um, we were top notch in culinary. We were top notch in um, the beautician uh, program. We were top notch in the fashion program. We were top notch in you know the welding and the, um, and the, uh, auto body and, and, and stuff like they gave a quality education. If you go past there now, man, it looks like any other, uh, any other community college, they got beautified. I, I know that they sunk millions into the, the culinary program. Um, but when I was there, it looked like, you know, it was a hood school. What do you mean? You know, straight up, you know, everybody that went there was either a professional already or just like, just trying to, you know, make it happen for them. And um, I finally got accepted on my first day. I remember my first day of culinary school with my chef Whites. Uh, I remember my uh, chef Burkoff was my my first uh, uh, first semester uh, chef, and she was just like, "If you guys are here to learn how to cook, if you guys are here, um, you know, wanting uh, uh, cooking lessons." Do yourself a favor, get up, withdraw from this class and leave and go take classes at the YMCA because this isn't the program for you. And people were like, what the hell? But um, but I understood that, yeah, that she was there. This program was to groom us into becoming captains of the industry and to becoming executive chefs and, and, and run shit. And it was close to the real experience as it was. Why? Because we didn't have state-of-the-art equipment. Why? Because we didn't have a perfect, beautiful, everything-working uh, kitchen. 
and the chef instructors there wanted to be there. A lot of them worked, you know, two community colleges or they had other things going on for them. But for the most part, they wanted to be there. They wanted to teach. Shout outs to, you know, Chef Kazmar, who when I left became, I think he became the uh, the dean or the director of the culinary um, program. Shout outs to Chef Sue. Shout outs to Chef Blanchard. Um, all these, these, um, these instructors of mine, I'm still in contact with today, but they, um, they taught us the real, like they taught us like how shit was going to be, you know? So when I, when I left there and I went into the industry, like I got a lot of, um, praise for and, and credit for coming from the school I came from and learning and, and all I, you know, could hear was, Oh, they taught you well. They taught you well, you, you know, you know what's up, like, and um, I took that, like, very, like, you know, with pride, because we were always looked down as, like, the ghetto school, you know, the um, the school that was in the ghetto, you know, a bunch of ghetto-ass fucking students, um, you know, my, my class was a mix of, you know, I think I want to say a good 85% were, were all in the industry. Uh, you got to talk about the 90s, end of the 90s. So, you know, shout out to my homie Lino, who at that time was the executive chef at um at the Bar Mamont. Um, he, uh, uh, at the bar, there was adjacent to the Chateau Mamont. I worked there for one day, but wasn't able to, to, um, to pull it off because it was just, it ended too late. I didn't have a car at that time. I was still in school. Uh, shout out some other classmates worked at Campanile on La Brea worked at, um, you know, uh, the water grill. I'm talking about my classmates. They, where they worked. Um, and, um, the Jonathan club, which is later where I worked, um, hotel, like, you know, we had some, we had some knuckleheads, but then a lot of those knuckleheads were actually in the industry. So it was a, it was crazy. It was like a crazy mix of just like, you know, knuckleheads and, 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 and chefs. Um, and it was great, you know, it was a type of environment I was used to. So it was, um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot of, of perseverance. I learned a lot of, 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 um, work ethic. I learned to appreciate where I came from and the school schooling I got. Uh, I was able to apply that and 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 not and and work with the type of humbleness that's like I'm not um, I'm not above doing anything in the kitchen. I'm not above washing dishes. I'm not above helping the dishwasher. I'm not above taking out the trash. I'm not above scrubbing the floors. You know, and I and that was all taught. That was all groomed in us. Um, I'm not above flipping a burger. You know, because I've run into people that are like, oh, no, I don't make burgers. I don't make fries. I don't make this. I don't make that. No, I, I, I'm into molecular gastronomy and I'm into this, that and the other. And it's like, nah, I <laughs> know, you know, and that's why I say my um, my journey was a little bit, a little bit different because I touched all of that. I touched fine dining and I've touched the little, you know, when I left, when I left the Jonathan Club. And before I got to work for the district, 
I was in between jobs and I remember I had applied right where the bus is, right across the street from, from the library downtown, fifth and grand. Um Janai was a baby. Um Doreen and Janai we were still, you know, not married yet. And um Janai was a baby. So going back and forth with them, well we didn't have a car and um, you know, the struggle was real. And I finally was just like, okay, I need I need to get benefits for Doreen and Janai myself. Um, I'm going to leave the Jonathan Club. That was a whole humbling experience in itself because here I was, you know, so kind of like fast forwarded a little bit. I finally, you know, I graduated culinary school. Um, my first job, I had uh, offers from there, the Jonathan Club, the Bonaventure, because my my aunt at the time, my tia at the time, was like one of their head salespeople downtown. So she lined something up for me. Um, I had another one for like Universal Studio. Like I had a lot of stuff that I was, you know, through word of mouth and recommendations and and stuff. Um, but ultimately, I ended up taking the the Jonathan Club job, and um, and through the program. And then trade tech and word gets around and it's a small, you know, industry when you get up, get to those like those levels. Um, you know, I kind of. I don't know, I want to say drop the ball, but I, 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 I got intimidated, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like I here I am expected to to thrive. And, uh, you know, I walked in and, and there was an article they wrote about me that circulated in downtown uh, regarding the um, Los Angeles Visitors Bureau. And then my, my, my tia ended up getting some, and then she sent them to the executive chef where I was working at the Jonathan Club. And I go in to work one day and there it is plastered on the, on the office. And, you know, people gave me, a, of course, you know, people congratulated me. Of course, people hated on me. Um, this one, one chef that was there, he was just a freaking like recovering alcoholic, lost everything, left Atlantic City. He was a dick. I hated that dude. Um, and uh, and so like, like kind of like, yeah, I got stage fright. Not going to lie. Straight up got stage fright. Um, I was like, holy shit. You know, like, what if I fail? You know, like I'm learning how to become a, a man. I'm learning how to become a dad. I'm learning how to like all of that, you know, all of that stuff mixed into one. And then now you're thrust into this profession of, you know, expecting to, um, you know, to do good. And from there I left and went to PF to, uh, yeah, PF Chang's. I think that was a restaurant. Yeah. 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 After that. But in between that, I like, you know, I worked and that was another one. So then I go there thinking everything's going to be cool. You know, all the promises that they promise you corporate trainers and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you're going to, you, you just, just take this job at minimum wage, but you know, within a few months it will be, you know, all lies. You know, I was treated like, again, like a servant, uh, had like the people, the kids from, uh, the, the, um, Cordon Bleu that was sorry, no disrespect to anybody that, went to the court on blue. Cause I have a lot of friends now that I love and respect as chefs that graduated from that school. But 
my personal interactions with certain people weren't cool so um that was one of them i would have like those freaking students come and like kind of like laugh and snicker and i'm like dude like y'all don't even have no clue yet and um and so um i ended up just like working there for a while and um you know the only joy i got working there was that doreen was uh Doreen was a preschool teacher down the street and Janai was a baby going there. She started when, you know, she was really like around two or three. And then, um, so my, my best memories were just seeing them walk down the street or walk up to the window where I was cooking. And then Janai, uh, Doreen holding up Janai to look through the window and, and, you know, there I am doing my thing. Um, other than that, I mean, it was just, you know, a, a grind, you know, we were still on the bus. I was still on the bus. Um, and, um, you know, just trying to make our mark, you know. And, um, and from there, I was just like, man, we need insurance. You know, we need to get insurance. Um, you know, we're about to get legally married. Uh, um, and um, I applied for the district. Um, but before then, I had just applied at some random, like, sandwich shop right there on fifth and ground where I get off the bus or get on the bus to go see Doreen and Janai and come home. Um, I'd get off right there and, um, I got called randomly and the dude didn't want to even hire me. Cause by that time I, my resume was, you know, getting bigger and he's just like, why do you want to come here? And I said, look, bro, I have a fiance and a daughter. I'm between jobs. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on a call from either, USC campus dining or LA, you know, the school district. Um, I just left this other job because, you know, they weren't paying me what I was worth. Um, you know, I was tired of it. Um, I don't mind. I'll be here. You know, um, I got paid off the table cash and, um, and he was cool, man. You know, shout out to his name. I think his name was Joe. Shout out to him because he took me, allowed me to work paid me and was like bro whenever you're it's ready for you're ready to go cool you know i think at that time i didn't expect to come back or leave to the district for for months and i ended up getting called um sooner than i expected and i was just like bro you know right before their grand opening and i'm just like i'm sorry like i got called and 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 you know and he's just like just don't even worry about it you know good luck if you ever need anything you know where to find me if you ever need to come back. You know, you know, you, you're always welcome. And um, and I was off. I was off to my to begin my journey of institutional cooking, <laughs> and then uh, and food services. Um, and um, here I am, or here we go. You know, I've been there for the last um, fifteen years. Um, and. Uh, I enjoy it, you know. I don't like the politics, but hey, you know, you deal with politics everywhere you go. Um, I, uh, I've been blessed to be able to start and run a business with with my wife Doreen, aka Little Sweeties, uh, you know, and um, we run uh, East Los Musubi, and we get to like cook for y'all, and uh, you know, we're we got them island vibes, but we're a hundred percent. LA um you know we're we're bringing her culture 
and um, her family recipes to the masses, to y'all. And we enjoy it. We love it. Um, you know, it's kind of like what you would get if you came and sat at our sat at our dinner table and let us cook for you. Um, and um, that's my like creative outlet from from working um, so structured at my regular job. Um, and, uh, you know, we love helping the community. We love feeding the community. We love, you know, outreach work. Um, and, uh, we'll see where I go from there, but that's pretty much my, uh, my story. Oh, sorry if I jumped around a lot, but, um, you know, so much, so much to, uh, uh to talk about and so little time. I didn't want to, I didn't want to um, bore you guys, but um, but yeah, you know, um, give us a follow at East Los Musubi, um, E A S T L O S M U S U B I on IG. Follow Soul Searching um, on IG. Um, follow. Uh, give me a follow. And give our new um, project to follow um, El Sereno Eats at El Sereno Eats on IG. Uh, we're a collective of pop-ups here in the El Sereno area, which is comprised of uh, us, Islo Musubi, Evil Cooks, Hangabers, Bidia Pala Cruda, Layers Donuts, and Two Sons Burritos. Um, we're trying to plan something kind of like a tour or something um so be on the lookout give us a follow uh check us out there's some cool stuff happening here in the city uh, of el sereno northeast side um and with that said just want to thank you for listening again i'm your host adam el cocinero and i'll catch you on the flip side peace coming from a city where no pity is shown in Struck game.